Hi, I'm your host, Tom DeSavia. Join me as I interview guests from music and entertainment from around the world about what they're up to right now. Stay tuned, because we're gone in 30 minutes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Gone in 30 Minutes. I am incredibly excited to have my friend, DJ, MC, producer, entrepreneur, Grammy winner, songwriter, I don't know, a bunch of other adjectives. He's the best. Uh, Walshy, great to see you, my brother. It's actually really good to see you too, man. And, uh, and Laura and Haida Lucy. And um, it's a blessing to see you guys, man. Um, man, I, I mean, what words can we say for everything? Because we, we probably would have already, already been talking in your office like a hundred times by now, you know? Um, and so here we are on a Zoom thingy and uh, talking via the internet. Still great to see you, man, but I definitely miss hanging out with you guys. Me too, man. I was saying to some, uh, one of our guests the other day, it's been a, uh, a benefit and a real motivation to do this. Just I live alone and I'm getting to see my friends and I'm getting to talk to them. And even if it's, you know, over, over uh, the internet airwaves, it's still just great to see your Something. face. Yeah, man. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Well, what, tell me, what are you doing right now, buddy? Where you at? I'm in Jamaica, and I, that's kind of like what I did for the COVID. I just got out of America, and uh, no real understanding of what was to come. I just felt like I should go, and uh, I think it was the best decision. I feel like it's a healthier place um, mentally, food-wise, you know, exercise-wise. It's just one of those things where it's kind of like if you were just uh, – if you were like, yeah, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You just know you'd live a healthier life in Hawaii. It just would happen. And so that's what it was for me. I just was like, I think I'm going to just go to Jamaica and watch this thing as it, as it unfolds. And I think that was the best decision for me. It's a much healthier lifestyle here. How soon did you split? When did you? March leave? 15th. Oh, which so you made have- a, Which may have been maybe two days before everything got shut down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I literally got here like two days before everything shut down. Wow. Yeah, I had been in Nashville for two weeks uh, working on this old 97s record and flew back on the 11th and was put in quarantine by Concord because I'd been on a flight and there was, a, there was worry I may have uh, crossed someone who was infected. And yeah, it's just, it's it's sort of that, it seems like 100 years ago and it seems like five minutes ago. It's Yeah, I always say that. I always say that every week feels like a year and that's the truth. Um, but I gauge it off of technology. I think technology is my gauge as to how fast we've, um, we've, we've stepped forward into the future. And um, I just remember March, nobody, I, maybe I did one or two Zooms a year. Um, I definitely wasn't streaming online to play music. I wasn't hosting any online shows. I wasn't doing any of that. And within weeks, I got propelled into this and, and started hosting online uh, DJ battles and started uh, streaming myself and started doing all kinds of things. And I really do believe that every single week felt like a year. Something new would, would, would switch the whole industry in a forward motion, you know? And so uh, it, it's funny how I measure time now. I measure time by, by tech. That's wild. And there is, I think, you know, we're going to look at everything, you know, before COVID and after COVID. And just, you know, with totally. sides existed. Um, well, that's a really interesting, cause you're a guy who's constantly working in some capacity, in some creative capacity mm-hmm. to be, and I just love to t- 
talked about this because I think everybody's affected by this in their own way, but how did it initially affect your creativity? We were all like hit by the same collective bus as it were, you know, and just jarred for so long. What was it like? So first of all, I want to say that regardless of whatever we say, uh, we want to make sure we uh, make anyone listening or watching this um, aware that we understand the uh, severity of, of what's happening and what's ha what happened. Mm -hmm. And our, our, our creative discussion is um, in no way going to take away from that. No way are we going to talk, you know, not, mm -hmm. not, not have um, any acknowledgement to the lives that were lost um, and to the people who might have lost um, um, jobs or homes and were deeply affected. Um, I, I just always like to preface that because I don't want it to sound like our conversation is so like uh, selfish, you know, and Beautiful like, what about, program. you know, and so I want to make sure that, you know, and, and I know I speak for Tom as well and for everyone else watching, um, um, anyone else that's part of the production. I know we speak for all of us when we say in no way does this conversation take away from the severity of what happened. Um, that was probably my first, um, couple months of this whole thing was just taking in what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't have any personal, real personal stories of loss. And so, I, I mean, I lost an aunt, um, but she was 80, she was 88 years old. And um, she was the last aunt from my grandmother's sister's. And so, you know, you don't really know if that was already on its way or if that was COVID related, but I do have lots of friends who have lots of people that, that you know, and, 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 and real deep emotional stories. So I, I just want to make sure that I make it clear. That was actually like the first month, right? It was just, wow, you know, looking around and, and understanding how fear can affect your creativity and how fear can affect your community and your family and everyone's scared and no one is doing anything. I mean, it was a complete lockdown. And that is very scary because we only see that in movies. We only see that stuff in dystopia. And for it to actually have happened in real life and I was alive and lived it, um, you know, like I could just imagine if there is some afterlife somewhere um, and let, let's say they're partying so hard that they don't even know what's going on on earth, right? Like, I, I want to think that's how an afterlife would, would be. It would just be a crazy bashment party, right? Like... Mm -hmm. There'd be a, such a jam session. They're not even, they have no clue what we're doing down here. Just imagine like somebody goes up there. It's like, yo, it's crazy down there, man. Like <laughs> these guys are going through heck right now. Like it's, 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 you just imagine like somebody just like, you know, like the record skip, like everybody look up like what, right. you know, like shut down, you know? And, and that's, that's the, that's the level of like craziness that, you know, I think that is going to, uh, be told in the stories, you know, when, when, you know, 30 years from now, when we look back on this, it's going to sound like the absolute madness. And so, yeah, my creativity was for sure affected with the reality of the situation. Eventually, I began to isolate myself in a creative zone, though, where I actually want to say I'm thankful for this isolation in that respect. I never got to do that in my life. I never got to sit with my own thoughts and organize and not have any distractions at all, zero. And I've created what I believe might be some of the best music I've ever, 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 ever made in these last couple months. Well, that's, I mean, you said something really 
really, I'd really like to touch on because I was, I've talked to people a lot about this. I think, and I know, I think I speak for you too, just in all the conversations we had. We, we work in art as a business, as you alluded to. It is a business. It is very much an, an economic world we, we function in, but art at its heart, be it music, be it plays, be it books, be it paintings, be it sculpture, I believe at its heart, and I know you do too, is lets us escape. It gives us a mode to escape. And right now and through times, we've always looked to the music and arts to escape. And if it was 9-11 or an earthquake or a riot or a fire or a flood, it, you, you go to the arts, you either, you know, I mean, at, at the beginning of this, when I wasn't even listening to music when this happened, I didn't, couldn't fathom what was happening, but I was watching Tiger King with the rest of the world because it was like, it's, it's an escapism. Mm-hmm. And so once you get past that, like I think you, basically what you alluded to, once you get past the, you know, did someone get the license plate of that license plate of that bus that just right. hit me? And over the continual mind F that I have every day, which is this is global because I can sometimes only think about right outside my door. Um, and it, it took you to a different way of creating uh, out of necessity. I mean, it's what you do. You don't, you don't create to make a dollar. You create, and I know this of you because this is just what you do in the way a painter paints. Mm-hmm. Did you feel guilty about creating in the beginning? No, I just, it just wasn't a part of, it just honestly wasn't a part of um, my thought process at all. The honest truth is I, I, I felt like um, I felt like I had my hands tied behind my back in a world that needed my help through um, the ways that I usually give it to them, which is entertaining. Uh, I get on that stage and, you know, Major Lazer will play Get Free and we'll see 10,000 people crying. And I know that there's some healing happening. I know that there's some emotion going on that's going to come out of it, that, that some positivity is going to come out of this. And so that is kind of like the way I help, in my opinion, the world, you know, through entertaining um, and through music. And I did feel absolutely helpless. And then um, when I saw that it was not a short thing, that's when I got my, I, I put my boots on and, and, and buckled my belt and was like, yo, I just got to get to creating then. But I will say this much, my creative music now is probably a a diversion from what I might have been doing for the last, you know, 10 years. And that's um, before I would be creating music to make you uh, dance, jump, you know, go crazy, sweat, uh, have fun in the club, that kind of stuff. Now, I think because there's none of that, um, my energy has m- moved much more into mood music, which is, by the way, uh, and this is something I'd love to, 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 to just throw out there to you and to the audience, and I'd love to get their feedback on this concept that I've, I've, uh, I've started to, to deal with. Maybe you can say, you know, hypotheses for right now. But um, I, I believe that we're going, we're going into a place that's... Uh, going to be genreless mm-hmm. and the replacement for genres will be moods so regardless of what 
the music would be genre classified as now the classifications will become moods. So if a country song makes you feel happy, that country song will now be classified in happy mm -hmm. uh, along with a hip hop song that's happy, along with a folk song, along with a reggae song. All of those will be classified in happy. And I think that that's what I've been looking at in my music. I've organized my music now according to feeling. And uh, if I wanted to express an anger, I, I, I know that I can find music that makes me feel angry. And that music um, is now in my mind classified as, as that emotion, regardless of what genre it might have been before. Uh, and I think anyone can do this. They can go on Spotify right now and type in sad and tons of songs will come up that, that gauge that emotion. And so I, I personally think that's um, a forward. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking 20, 30, 50 years ahead. But I know that's what's happening for me personally. And when I have this conversation with other people, they go, yo, you're right. You know, I classify my music by my mood. Yeah. I don't say I want to hear hip hop. I want to say I want to feel this emotion to myself. You I, know, I feel, I feel motivated. So I want to hear motivation music. And they just go for music that they know is motivating regardless of the genre. So, you know, I'd love for everybody listening to this um, as well as yourself, Tom, to just, yo, we're here, man. Yo, uh, you know, Instagram, DM, tweet. I'd love to have a conversation of what people think about that. I, you know, it's funny when just hearing you say it, yeah, I've been doing that too. And I haven't really thought about it in those terms. And in the beginning, it was funny. I was telling people I was listening to comfort music. I was listening to records I've known my whole life. Oh, that's so true. It was, a, it was true. A, I needed to put something on that was just good, that, that was the, the, that could put me to a place that was comfortable, that, that didn't really sort of challenge anything new, but really made me feel comfortable. And then there was a few records mm. that I was able to put on um, that were, and I slowly started to create new music in. And then that really helped. But then the, it, it was when I was pissed off, I knew what punk rock records I needed to put on right then. And when I needed to feel, and when I needed to feel sad and I needed that to soundtrack and I wanted that right. to come stronger. I, I looked for that too. Uh, that's a really. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great discussion point and I would love for us. This is a short conversation, yeah. but I would love for anyone listening. Uh, I've got lots of time to, 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 to explore this idea. I would love for them to engage with us and, and, and we continue that conversation. Well, as, as you were getting online and you were, you're starting to reemerge and did you feel the sense of community out there? And Absolutely, the man. I can't believe it. The first thing I did was a, a DJ battle, um, as we call a, a sound clash in, uh, in, in the Caribbean. And I, I couldn't believe how many people were just like, yo, we don't even care what it is. We want to know that somebody out there has, has done something just so that we can be like, wow, I, I totally forgot that I can't go outside. Right. And so, yeah, man, the first two months, the energy was so crazy. The love was so insane. So many people, so many comments, so many new friends um, that I do hope to see one day. So many people that I think got on board with the kind of energy that I've given to you guys personally that I think a lot of people really know 
from me because I'm always doing something that's loud and very, um, very mo motion based. Um, and so I don't really get to have a personal one on one with a lot of people. And there I was 10,000, 20,000 people and me. And I'm speaking. Of course, we bring on the music, but I'm actually having moments that people are like, yo, I, I like the way he talks. You know, he's 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 a personable person. Um, I actually need to explore that much more. I, I would love to have a platform that I knew um, I could get an audience and just speak about a lot of the things that I have a conversation with Tom about, just on a broader scale, you know. Mm. And um, but the love was real. Love was it was an amazing, amazing kickoff to um, to what I'm doing now. Well, and to feel for I think it's so important for people to feel they're not isolated. We all get the feeling we're in our four walls. It's easier for me in California to be able to walk outside with my dog and, and go to a larger area. It wasn't as easy for my friends in New York with kids to leave their apartments. And you can't help but feel, and what I was just saying to you, I, I, I'll talk to a friend from, from Portland or a friend from France or a friend from Boston, and you sort of don't understand what's happening around the rest of the world. I have to avoid the news to a certain degree to keep my sanity. Right. Is, is the world we're living in, and this is a broad question and maybe maybe a silly one, but is it is it inspiring you to write about it? Is it inspiring you to, people have been comparing this to 1968, you know, in a lot of ways. Wow, yeah, I think so. And that's why I say, I think the mood um, is, is, is where I'm, the, 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 the emotion is where I'm at much more than the move up and down and run around. I've made nothing but music that I think you almost have to stop and listen. And it's been a long time since I think I've been in a place where I've made, I, I've never been in a place where I've made nothing but music like that. But every now and then I have made a song like that where I can feel that the person that hears this song has to stop what they're doing for a second and just kind of go, that's a really nice song. And I feel like I've made about five or six of those in a short period of time. And that to me is unbelievable. And I feel really good about that. And I really feel that because I don't think we'll be touring again for, I mean, just to be honest, maybe not till, maybe not till next summer. Yeah. Um, I do think that I am a, I am in the right, I'm giving the people the energy that they, that, that they need right now. Right do you, are you uh, missing your U.S. home right now? Are you feeling pretty connected? Yeah. Uh, I definitely miss, miss Miami. Um, you know, it's summertime, man. It's summertime, brother. <laughs> Can you imagine what would be happening right now? It would just be vibes everywhere. I would fly to New York. You know, I always feel like New York and Paris are the perfect places to be for the summertime. And Montreal... You know, I would be in those three cities doing, I live in the best life. And then, you know, when September rolls around and it gets a little bit cooler, we all head to LA and then we start just hanging out there until LA gets really cold. Apparently I didn't know that until last year, until this year, I mean, earlier this year, but yeah, you know, you wait until LA gets cold and you head back to Miami. I love doing that round. I love it. I love it. You know, heading to South Africa in the, in, in the winter time. I love it. I miss it bad. I miss it bad, bad, yeah. But going to what you said, too, because this is a topic of conversation with a lot of people in my life. It, it, you have to look for the silver linings of this 
of this thing. And like for me, that what I noticed in California environmentally, just less cars on the road, the 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 better the air is, things. But for me mostly, I have not been home this long since I was 19 years old. I literally have not spent this much time. And it's and after you go through, I don't know if it was the same for you, the first couple months was almost feeling like I didn't have my seatbelt on. I can't really explain <laughs> it. Yeah, I get it though. And now I'm, you know, and we will return to that life, but now I'm really taking this and I'm, 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 I'm getting weird routines. I've never had routines. I've never Max. had things and I'm, I'm kind of enjoying those a bit. Man, there's nothing better than a schedule. I didn't know that though. <laughs> I would never know that. But now 1045, I can't keep my eyes open, man. <laughs> and and my heart knows there's nothing outside happening i'm not missing anything right. Right. i'm used to somebody being like man you missed yo last night this band played yo you missed this i i know i didn't miss anything and that sleep is the best sleep i've ever had i've never slept this good man and i do love this routine i love it i actually love it I when the love it. when the muse hits you I mean, do you set a time aside time to work and say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to do it? Or is it just whenever it strikes you now? And how's that change? Yeah, so whenever, it, whenever it strikes. But even the striking has happened on schedule now. It's like yeah. my mind has said, you know what? He's going to exercise in the morning. Every single day, I, I, I live on a hill. I walk up the mountain, walk back. And I think my brain is like in tune with the schedule. And then they go, yo, after he comes back from that that walk he usually wants to immediately get on his laptop and and get all these ideas down that i just downloaded from the sky you know and it's like that's my routine and then i might uh i might meet some friends and do a studio session but that studio session because we have a curfew here in jamaica that is 7 p.m so that studio session is a early studio session and everybody knows hey you got to get to the studio by one two o'clock and then we uh, we wrap up about six thirty, and I'm back home having a dinner at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. I go to bed, it's done. I love it. I actually love it. I don't even know what day it is sometimes. Yeah, that's the weirdest part to me is when you, you it's crazy literally can't distinguish a, a day or a month. And I know that's a globally shared, and that's what I mean. That talking about this stuff, I think, is so important just because everybody is isolated and everyone's having a shared experience. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. and this is and not that, just me. And everything's learning. relatable. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what I mean, but, and, and everyone has their own thing. Mine is more isolation where others is more wanting isolation and, and, and other people wanting company and, and, and what inspires you in daily life. I mean, what um, to take it back. Cause I'm, this conversation has completely changed in a, in a beautiful way. And I'm, I'm really happy about this, that yeah. we're having about this. Yeah. Going back to to music a bit, what have you been hearing anything that really inspires you lately? Are you hearing stuff that's being created that you're you're loving? And can you share some? I think it? I think I have been more in tune um, to life's algorithm than ever. Uh, of course, YouTube actually has an algorithm. Spotify have an algorithm. And when they start to see you like certain music, they feed that to you. But I just think that I've even caught some things that 
I didn't get in that kind of a, a machine algorithm. I've been able to find um, some artists that were outside of that space. And um, I've been able to actually work with a lot of them. I've started to do, and this is to back to the mood, the mood uh, music that I'm, I'm making. Um, I've started to uh, work less with vocalists. Sorry, and that's not, that's not me. I've never done instrumentation. Yeah. And right now I'm doing, I can't believe it. Um, I'm doing a jazzy reggae kind of thing. And it has nobody singing on a lot of these ideas. They're just uh, a trumpet player or a piano player or a guitarist. And I think that that's something that I, I never thought I would have even dreamed to do because I would say to myself, well, I can't play that in a, in a space where people are dancing. So why would I make that? Uh, right. But now it's a totally different thing. So yeah, I've locked into too many artists to name over the last couple of months, like too many, too many I've discovered. Uh, the last one I discovered is a group called Salt, S-A-U-L-T. I believe they're a couple. Um, and, uh, and go check them out. They're really good. Who were you, who were the going back to the beginning of beginning of Wall Street? What were you yeah. hearing as a kid? What what made you like what what set the fire off? Okay, so if I could just kind of set it up with where, where I grew up. I grew up in a place in Kingston called Halfway Tree, which is basically the center of Kingston. It's like Matt, uh, I don't know. It's like Manhattan. It's like the center of Kingston, um, and so every single bus. Every single, it's literally the center of Kingston. Um, and so Halfway Tree would be the most traffic, the most everything. And because of that, uh, I grew up right in that, like directly in that place. Um, music was louder than I think anywhere else. When you go somewhere, when you go uptown or go somewhere else's neighborhood, you could see the music kind of trail off at a certain hour because not so many cars were passing by. But for me, it never trailed off. And then all of the clubs were also in Halfway Tree. So Skateland, uh, House of Leo, all of these clubs were in Halfway Tree. I grew up around the corner from Skateland, so that music would be loudly beating into my, uh, my, my. well, we didn't live in a house. You just live in these little zinc fence huts. But, um, and it was very much like there was no time when loud music was not playing. I lived behind a tire shop, and the tire shop um, was basically worked on buses more than anything. And the buses in Jamaica are, were very similar to like, um, to like Thailand or the Philippines where they're super colorful, super customized and very loud speakers all over them. And so these buses would be in the yard because uh, my cousins were working on these buses. So the music was just insanely loud at all times. So I just want to set that up to then say, um, I was blessed to have a musical, music loving mother who, uh, even though I didn't grow up with her, she moved, she migrated to America uh, and lived in Connecticut uh, while I lived in Jamaica with my grandmother. But when I, um, when I was reunited with her in Connecticut, I was, that, that introduction of music just continued. It, it just grew and grew and grew. And so she was a, she bought records. She, she had a, a record collection. And that was my first time going from standing, watching loudspeakers, listening to those songs, um, knowing those songs eventually to actually holding a record in my hand and reading who created those songs and seeing the label and having a visual attachment to a sound. 
So now when I hear the sound, I think of red and yellow because I immediately remember seeing the record of that of that song and it added an extra layer of texture to that. Uh, one of the first songs I think would have been um, Stealing Love on the Side. And there's two versions. Uh, the one I'm talking about is by Carlene Davis, um, who was a, a, a great Jamaican singer. She's the mother of Naomi Cohen, um, another young, great artist. But there was also the original blues version that my mom had both copies. Um, the original blues version, I do not remember the name of the artist right now. But I just remember that being the first time I ever saw my mother and father, that was the only moment that I can remember my mother and father having loving moments. And they would kind of dance in the, in the kitchen to that. And it was, uh, it was really impactful to see my father kind of like in that, in that kind of a, 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 a mood um, when that clearly, you know, contrary to who he was 90, 99% of the day. Um, and they would do a thing called rent a tile. And rent a tile basically means uh, is a Jamaican um, phrase for when two people are very closely together on one tile of a floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, like dancing extremely close for extremely long. In Jamaican uh, vernacular, that would be called renting a tile, and and watching them do that to to stealing love on the side. Uh, that was probably my first impactful musical moment. I love it. And, and well, she, I hate to do this. We've run out of time. This oh, stinks. man. This is, I yeah, told yeah. you to go fast. I'm always, I'm always down to keep going, though, man. If, 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 if I, know, I know there was a few things, like, like some questions you wanted to ask. We could just do it real quick in one minute. We could do part two. I, okay, I want to know this. Okay. What's your, what's your, I got a dog, too, jumping at my, uh, jumping at my feet here. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Uh, what is your, we'll have the dog light in the mood. Um, what, what do you got to say to everyone out there to, to go through this time? Oh man, I really hope that everybody understands how precious life and these moments are. I really do hope that everyone can gather um, um, experience from these moments and use those, use that experience to go forward knowing that whatever it is that might have bothered you before, whatever it is that might have triggered you before, um, it, life is just not guaranteed. It is way not guaranteed. And so hopefully those things will enlighten you to have a different perspective uh, on approaching or dealing with certain things. And of course, on the other side of that, if certain things are just not right in our society, in our home, hopefully these moments have ignited a fire in you to go out there and change those things. So either way, I do hope that no one has wasted these months and not come out a better person. And it's not too late. It's not too late. Oh, man. I, I, I want to have you back. We're going to have you back and do it again. because Yeah, definitely. We get beat up for, um, I miss you, man. It's so great yeah. to see you. And maybe, maybe you're starting off, it's, 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 it's not 9.50 a.m. here. You're starting off my day great, man. Thank you. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you guys. I miss all you guys, too. And hopefully I'll see you very soon. See you soon, man. Yeah, man. Big up. This show was presented by Craft Recordings. Thanks for joining us for Gone in 30 Minutes, produced by Laura Saez. I'm your host, Tom, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>